Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company on the cutting edge of trends. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Event Tech Podcast. That gentleman over there is the lethal Will Kern of Endless Events. And that man over there is the ceaseless... Brad Kruger He's, of Event Technology Consulting. <laughs> Running out of the car. Go, 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 go. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to tell that story publicly yet. One day, one day. That'll be the secret story for if you ever see us live in person at a conference. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, so <laughs> today we got an epic topic for today. Um, you know, it's actually one spawned a little bit out of my own research and kind of just my thinking about the future and everything like that. You know, we've been talking so much about community and how these event apps and event platforms need to have the ability to host communities. So I'm starting to think like, okay, what does a community look like that if I were to want one? Because a lot of times I think when, I, when I'm designing stuff for events, I, I think about myself as the attendee. Like, how would I want this experience to be? And I was thinking about it. I was like, well, if I'm going to be doing a community and, you know, I'm going to be hosting an event – I want the ability to reach my attendees to let them know there's a webinar going on or, you know, I want the ability for my attendees to know when they're getting messaged between each other. Um, so I kind of just like went down a little bit of a rabbit hole and <laughs> Kyle got a ton of Slack messages <laughs> overnight as I was just doing some research. And I was just thinking like, man, you know, some of these apps rely so heavily on email notifications. I started thinking like, what is the best notification? Is it an email? Is it an SMS? Is it a push notification? And then it goes down to like, you know, the, we started thinking about this as a topic. I'm like, well, how many is too many notifications? So I figure like the topic is like, how do you handle notifications? What's the best way to deliver it? What should we be look, What's the ideal scenario looking for event when it comes to events and what event platform technology should it be using? And, you know, also for us to talk about best practices and ideas around how to use notifications in the future. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, so maybe we, let's start off with like types of notifications, right? And maybe yeah. like our dream for what we want to see with it. And then maybe we'll pivot to how do you not annoy attendees and then maybe ideas that you can use notifications for in the future. And that's, that's exactly it that, 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 you know, and, and we'll get to that there, but not annoying folks is always just so key for me that I just, uh, notifications are a tricky thing. So, so Leah, let's take, take, take those in the order that you put them out. So the different types of notifications that are out there. Um, I think it's funny to think back to the early days of event apps where just being able to do notifications was like a big <laughs> deal. Just like, you know, yeah, you know, that was a feature. You know, being totally. able to, it's, it's table stakes at this point, like you to be able to send a notification out to all of your attendees uh, is pretty much table stakes. You have to be able to do that as part of a mobile app platform. Um, so well, especially if you're doing community too, because like, I, I, when I'm thinking about like an event, like it's sometimes easy to reach people, right? Like everybody's in the same ballroom, you can make an announcement, or you know, or at least you can put some signage up, and or people will spread word of mouth. So it's, it's the stakes aren't as high for notifications, but like when you're talking like I want 365 every single day of the year, I need the ability to communicate and talk, like I. I yeah, like you really need ability for people to be aware of what's going on for them to remain engaged in that community platform year round. Yeah. So, so, you know, I think as far as types go, you know, it's, 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 it's most of the usual suspects. We're talking email. 
We're talking, yeah. uh, you know, if there's a mobile app involved, there's actual phone and tablet notifications and things like that. I call that. those like push notifications. Yep, push right? notifications. Um, if, you know, depending on where your audience is, you know, there's social media involved, being mm. able to push things out to social media uh, platforms. Some people like Telegram, WhatsApp yep. too. Like now I'm just Facebook, Twitter, you know. There may Instagram be private messaging apps involved. Mm. Um, there could be messaging apps, you know, that are dedicated so there's a lot of different channels when we talk about notifications and communications. Um, and so it, it, it's really important, and you'll be shocked to hear this, Will. It's really important to know your stakeholders, <laughs> to, to know where they are and what they listen to. There's so many, you know, I was just talking to someone about email. Uh, the other day that I don't know if you still are, but at one point, both you and I were inbox zero folks oh, where are these last couple of weeks? <laughs> it's, I'm sure. Yeah. And yeah, that's ups and downs. It's never perfect. Yeah. There's, you know, but I strive, I, I try yeah, really hard to not be the person that has 15,000 unread emails in their inbox. And, you know, so I've worked out a system that very carefully filters things out and, okay, these are all newsletters, so they all go there. And I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good about actually getting through my email on a, on a if not daily, then weekly basis, um, depending on projects uh, and things like that. Um, but a lot of people aren't. And so especially mm -hmm. when it comes to marketing and, you know, getting people ready for events and things like that, there's a couple of different um, schools of thought, shall we say. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, so one of them is the shotgun school of thought, which is I'm going to assume you didn't see it because you have an <laughs> inbox of 15,000 unread emails and you just kind of dip in and out of it every now and then versus the school of thought of assume every email gets read. Um, and unfortunately people have just leaned on the, and I know we're drifting into marketing here, but it's still, yeah, it's about no, communications. So. Yeah. And if you're trying to build that community and get people ready for an event, it's part of the discussion is how many emails do we send out? What's in the email? All of that kind of stuff. And so really knowing though, is your audience more the type that's going to actually pay attention to an email mm -hmm. versus the type that you really do need to say the same thing eight different times in eight different emails in the two weeks leading up to your <laughs> event. Um, because the chances are they're only going to see one of them of those totally. eight emails. So it's an interesting conundrum <laughs> because if, if you, if you shotgun, you know, the emails out, you're going to annoy the, the inbox zero people like me because yeah. it does. It really, really does. And then especially since I have multiple email addresses, I'll be signed up. You know, I'll get six notifications for the same webinar that's coming up um, or, or, you know, daily six notifications because of the different emails addresses to the point where oh. it's like, I don't want to come to your stupid webinar anymore because you've so bombarded me yeah. with stuff. So, so just... For me, that's like we're already on shaky ground of like when we talk about notifications, especially via email. Well, it, what's interesting too is that there is technology that helps uh, like 
solve some of these issues, right? Like, so for example, in HubSpot, which is probably like a granddaddy of marketing softwares out there. So I'm assuming that Marketo does this and Pardot can do this too. And then I'm assuming MailChimp's catching up at some point, which is probably like the big main five that everybody's using. Set by four. Um, so um, what's interesting is I can do things like if I know I'm going to send out multiple emails and I'm they're very scheduled out, right? Like basically at that point, I'm probably doing some sort of like workflow that's leading up to the day of the event with multiple emails. I'm not just like writing an email, hit send. But what's cool is that I can set things like, okay, check and see if they opened the last email. If they did, don't send it again. But if they didn't, like send it again, you know, and give it a different, you can obviously give it, you can send the exact same email, you can change the top subject and things like that. But that's like a lot of like one-on-one work um, on there too. But, you know, I think sometimes that is necessary to, to, to kind of get people's attention nowadays. What's, what's, what's concerning for me about email and thinking about it for me, and this is where I started thinking more about like push notifications and how I would want it, you know, uh, my attendees to, to, to get these notifications is that for me, email is actually less about like the fact that I have so many emails is that I'm using a tool called SaneBox, which is like an auto filtering tool that is like, kind of like what you've done, which you've set up like manual filters that say, Hey, from this person, put it in this folder. Mine does it like automatically. And I have this folder called Sane later. That's like anytime you email me for the first time, it goes in there and it stays in there until I move it into whatever folder or inbox that I want it to be in. And so what I found, and if anyone listens to this podcast and has ever emailed me for the first time ever, knows I sometimes can take a week, two weeks, three weeks to get back to you because that filter just keeps it out. And I don't only check that filter maybe every couple of weeks to see what I'm finding in there. So we're almost getting to the point too, where it's sometimes harder the first time to reach people, right? Like, I think we might have talked about it on this podcast the the base uh, base camps um, uh, email software hey dot com right that they wanted to create a filter where it was opt in and you had to let the person give permission for people to get in. I think that we're going to get to this point where people might need to do that. And so, like, what I worry about is like if you're sending me and <laughs> that just happened, people are sending me invitations to net to webinars to join communities to I'm probably getting questions for lots of different stuff and I miss out on it. In a lot of ways. And so I'm wondering if that's also a place that we're kind of going to not only just getting bombarded with emails, but also just people who are smart about filtering it out are almost doing so good job filtering out that like email is so powerful and it's not dead, right? You can probably Google any is email marketing dead. It, they'll say no, but it's getting harder and harder. And I will say that I also don't think the, that's the experience that I want. I don't want something that's really important that I want to stay engaged with. I don't want to get an email notification letting me know that, you know, Brant messaged me on XYZ platform um, to, to network um, year round or even for uh, this upcoming event. I might not miss it and not see it for a couple weeks. And then by then Brant forgets what he needs to talk about, right? All those things like that. So I just like feel like email, you know, is such, it's a good default channel. You got to have it. But like, when someone's really engaged, like they almost start, you don't want them going to their email to find out more information about you. Does that make sense? It does. And I mean, I can't help but then wonder like uh, the way that, you know, you've, you've, you've now kind of offered up a third type of email person. There's the person that has inbox zero. There's the person that is 16,000 emails. And there's kind of the third kind of like me as well, where it's just, it's heavily filtered. Mm -hmm. Um, and, it, and then I can't help, and this is where I'm always like, because this is why I look at basically every email that comes in <laughs> within reason. I, I'm able to, got, I've got it batched up well enough that I can go, okay, you're more scanning for the important as opposed to mm. everything, um, is when business comes in of like, hey, I know it's last minute, you know, we're getting ready to close our yeah. RFP session tomorrow. Um, you know, if that sits for a week, it's gone. 
It's gone. Yeah. And that's what I'm always paranoid about is, is that kind of thing. But back to, you know, back to this idea of community, you run into the same problems is if something important changes with your event or timing changes. Um, I sent, you know, we had a, a community uh, event that I was hosting on my Zoom and we wound up having to change it. We moved it. Uh, to a different time. And, you know, the primary way of communicating with that group was via email. And so I sent out a couple of emails saying, hey, we changed the time, changed, you know, it's, it's still the same day, but we changed the time. And then sure enough, because Zoom does this, at the time that it was supposed to be, you know, it says, you know, so-and-so has logged into your meeting, you know. You, you <laughs> yeah, get, yeah, yeah. So I get a You're notification like, oh, from Zoom you, saying. And you knew it didn't go, that, that person. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, you didn't get the email message. And so, and and then that person uh, emailed me later and was like, hey, I went to the meeting, but nobody was there and I couldn't be let in. And you had to be like – and you don't want to say, you know, hey, did you see the email? <laughs> did, <laughs> you know? so, did you get the memo? <laughs> right. You, and so, you know, you find nicer ways of being like, oh, yeah, we sent, you know, messages out, but not everybody got them and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you have to give them basically an out. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. It's like almost like that's the, the analogy with that is the you send and tell everybody that the dinner location has changed, but you still as an event planner have to go put a sign outside yep. of the old restaurant and say, you know we've moved the location or the time's changed, right? Like, you know, how often do we have to do that and like give it that human touch in some ways? Like, uh, it's just really, really interesting too on there. But like, you don't, but that's hard to do sometimes when you're talking about a digital communication, right? Like, you know, like, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Oh, I see you didn't open the email. I'm going to start calling people then at that point. I mean, obviously it depends on the stakeholders and the event that you're doing because like for some small events or more VIP stuff or someone's putting a lot of money, you might need to do that at that point. But, you know, it, it's just, yeah, I think it starts to raise this idea that like leaning on email as the only communications channel is like scary. And so that's what put me down this rabbit hole too is like, I don't want email to be the only way I can do this. So um, from email, do we want to switch to the next kind of step up with me like SMS? Yes. So if that's not working, what do we do, Will? <laughs> so I'm thinking like SMS then at that point, right? Like everybody has a cell phone these days. Everybody can text, right? And we're not talking like necessarily have to be iMessage, which is obviously the superior thing. I'm just waiting for everyone to, who has been listening to the podcast for a long time laugh their butts off. Uh, so, um, I think why, like SMS, Will? Why? Why, why would why? anybody <laughs> laugh about you talking about iOS versus, say, Android? I don't know yeah. why. Go back a year. <laughs> Go back a year and listen to Will like totally crap on <laughs> Apple products and now switch over. Um, so I think SMS is a potential option, you know, and luckily, like, you know, iMessage does things like it puts unwanted contacts. And I think SMS is becoming a really good channel for a lot of things. There's a lot of really great tools, too, that even if you your event platform doesn't have SMS, you can do like broad, massive text messages. For example, I think Haymarket's one software, Sales Messages one, where you can put like a database in there and say, hey, message all these people and then even get replies back, which is also pretty neat, right? So I feel like SMS is becoming this like what's you know considering old technology is coming back as being like hey this is a really really important thing um but i don't i, I don't think a ton of soft uh, event platforms are using sms maybe then integration through like zapier or something like that maybe but i bet you that most people would have to send out like manual bulked messages to notify people about things 
Yeah, I mean the the one that pops to my head just, that we just talked to recently is uh, is Forty Two Chat with their event bots. That's oh almost, yeah, of course, yeah, ex- almost exclusively done through SMS. So I'd encourage folks to go back and listen to that conversation. But as part of the conversation that we had then, and is worth bringing up here again now, is then don't take advantage of that in a negative way because mm-hmm. SMS is such a more direct connect kind of thing. Let's not turn SMS into email, people. Please, <laughs> yeah, let's 100%. not let's not let's learn from our mistakes. And you know, I mean, I already get too many spam, uh, you know, text messages. And again, like you said, the phone's pretty good at filtering that stuff out, known people versus unknown people. But then, you know, when your client texts you for the first time, you know, and they go into, you know, the unknown senders folder, um, that, that starts to run into the same problems. So let's not make a mess of SMS like we did before. And then once again, Everybody get your drinks ready. Know your stakeholders because, mm-hmm. again, some of the organizations that I'm working with, there are people who don't text. Mm-hmm. They may even have cell phones, but they don't text. Um, and so if you send them a text, uh, it either goes into the nowhere land or <laughs> doesn't even work. I mean, they just it, they have a non-SMS plan. Oh, wow. I mean, really? my folks refuse to get a cell phone. Um, and don't even have voicemail on their home phone. Uh, it's just basically, if we're not here, we're not answering the Good phone. Luck. And there's blissful life another, right there. <laughs> call back another time. You know, it's, they're from they're from that era That's of awesome. just, and they're not that old. You know, um, yeah, but you yeah. know, they're just of the era of if we're not here, call back. Uh, you know, and tell us what's uh, what's there. So um, it was like a big deal when they actually acquiesced to having like caller ID. <laughs> So just that. to be able to see the caller ID uh, was it, but anyway, that's but that's not that. Un- I mean, it's funny to to joke yeah. about, but it's actually not that uncommon. And especially okay. when you start dealing with civil and political organizations, um, those kinds of things actually start to pop up on a much more regular basis with folks that are uh, older, shall we say, or just <laughs> technology averse um, as well. It's not always an age thing. Um, uh, so sorry. That was a long way of saying <laughs> know your stakeholders again. <laughs> well, I'll add in, too, that there is a challenge with SMS, which is that it's a little bit older of a technology, too. So you can't put things like rich images and high-resolution images in them. Um, you know, if you're talking about sending it to an, an Android phone, sometimes, like, for example, it will get broken up to multiple messages, too, which can be an awkward experience if it one gets delivered in the wrong order, too. So, right. So, like, it's probably not one of the best things if you need to say a lot of stuff. It's maybe like, hey, the webinar is coming up. Click this link to check it out and that's it like that's where you're gonna leave it um our hope is that in the future with things like um uh, uh rcs um which is like google's big push to kind of create a standard open standard that is more like iMessage for all phones and with you know androids and uh iphones continuing to play nice with each other it'll get better but um i don't think it will get perfect anytime soon so it's good for those quick short messages um and and last minute stuff and i think yeah if you check out the latest 42 chat episode and i think we did one a couple years ago we really dove deep into 42 chat and the purpose of why sms is better and i think we've done some icons about it too so i'm sure we've beat it ad nauseum about how a text message can be good. So let's let's transition then to kind of the next step from uh, from text message, which is maybe like private messaging apps, right? WhatsApp, Telegram, Signal are kind of the big three players on here, and especially with um, you know international audiences, right? We talk about know your stakeholders. Like WhatsApp is the text messaging app, right? So um, there, and what I've seen more recently in marketing softwares is there's a lot of softwares now that even allow people to subscribe to notifications and get information, almost like email newsletters on whatsapp 
which is so cool because, A, it's better than text message, but allows you to negate that email inbox. But again, take a drink, nerd stakeholders, because I, for example, don't have WhatsApp. I deleted my WhatsApp, and I don't think – do you have WhatsApp anymore? I've had to have it uh, for certain clients, um, but as soon as I'm done with the show, I and I like, and it, when I'm really sure that I'm done with the show, I, I delete it again. Interesting. And, and just so everyone knows that why probably the one reason why it's, it's owned by Facebook, uh, Meta, right? So it, it's just one of those ways to think about it too is if your audience is social media adverse, maybe they're going to be against that. The, what we're seeing is a growth in Telegram though. If you haven't heard Telegram, it's basically WhatsApp, exact same thing, but it's made by a different company. So everyone thinks it's a little bit nicer. Um, and then if you have a more security focused audience, they might even be using something like Signal, which is an end-to-end encrypted, um, basically a, a identical to WhatsApp and Telegram, just more secure and third party. So um, things to kind of keep in mind on there, but that allows you to get full rich images, allows you to group messages, couple other things on there too in fact uh we we produce an uh, international event or i should say i do <laughs> and i heavily pull endless resources in whenever i can get a chance to do it but i produce an international event and we use whatsapp once the event happens we just start adding every attendee into a gigantic whatsapp text message group because we don't pay for like a fancy platform or anything like that and it works pretty well um the hardest part is when you have to say announcements so i use like emojis at the top to try to like get people's attention um on it but you know that can work uh, pretty well and that's obviously talking about solutions if you don't want to do a platform and things like that but just keep in mind know your stakeholders on there too i don't know if you're ready to get into this but where this is where my head immediately goes to when we start talking about all these different apps and you know and and then social media and things like that is i don't know about you but i definitely have notification fatigue like so i actually on some of my devices i just have them permanently in do not disturb mode so like Ooh. my iPad, like when I'm watching, you know, when I'm on the iPad, it's usually either oh, so you entertainment. you don't sync them across devices. Right. So usually, oh, enter- you know, because entertainment, I don't want to be disturbed. And yeah. I'll, usually I have my phone with me. And then uh, if I'm using it for presenting or something like that, I don't want to be disturbed. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, so I have differing levels of app. Not- and then same for my watch, right? So I've got like different, I don't want every single notification that comes through on my phone coming through on my watch. And so it's another one of those just caveats to this whole notification thing of like, just be aware Mm -hmm. that not everybody has every notification turned on. So it's probably another, another reason to try and use multiple channels and to know what channels your attendees are likely to have turned on. So if they're a heavy Instagram user group, you know, then that's probably your primary mode of, you know, communication, but then also maybe send an email and, and, you know, use the app or whatever. So just another kind of little thing to to bear in mind is that I think a lot of people are actually starting to hit. Mm. It's kind of like the email thing again, right? Where there's, there's two types of people. There's people that swipe away every single notification and they fine tune their notifications and they use focus modes in iOS and the similar, <laughs> there were similar stuff in Android too, hand. where you could, you know, the end, when I was in the Android world, I definitely had different modes engaged as well, where it would do sleepy mode and all that kind of stuff. Um, or if you turned it upside down, like it would mute, you know, your notifications and things uh, along those lines. So there's the folks that like really customize their notifications and have focus modes and stuff like that. And then there's the people 
who have 47 million notifications in their thing, like my kids. <laughs> and you pull it up and you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, I please, pick up one of my kids' X, phones you know, and it's 4,700 notifications of, you know, <laughs> it's every game they've ever installed, wow. every email, you know, everything. They just, they never look at the notifications unless it happens to come in while they're looking at their device. Wow. Um, That's nuts. Yeah, they never swipe it away, and it's this, wow. it's the same kind of email thing, right? Like My I look at people pop it off. <laughs> yeah, I look at the people that have sixteen thousand unread emails in their inbox and think that's nuts, but for them, that's just life, <laughs> and you know. True. And so it's the same kind of thing. So just another thing just, to kind of be aware of that not everybody treats notifications the same way, and depending and all of their friends are the same way because I asked them about this at one, one point in time because it was driving me nuts. Wow. And the, yeah, they're like, yeah, nobody swipes away notifications <laughs> I, want, I wonder if it has something to do with that. So one thing i've definitely noticed is that the management of notifications on ios is way worse than android was right like that like you really have to be like like it's kind of annoying to me sometimes i swipe away a notification on my ipad and it's also on my iphone and i'm like come on you should be synced across it to know that when i swipe away a fantastic like reminder it's also on my my phone but you know i think it's uh you know obviously android didn't do that because pcs and androids don't talk to each other but I think that was really, really interesting to me on, on that aspect. But I think you start to bring up this 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 co- topic towards push notifications and I'll call them web-based push notifications, kind of like the next layer of things. I want to kind of talk through and see if this is an option. So this is a great caveat to say, like, look, if you're using WhatsApp, the word of the day, caveat. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, caveat. You know, you start to uh, – no, the word of today is turkey. Hey. Um, <laughs> So um, they, I think that a, the, the, when we start to move into things like using WhatsApp to notify people, you're starting to go into the app kind of notification world. So I think where we – the next level is if you want more customization of it and you don't want to be using a, a WhatsApp to send notifications, SMS or email or – and I think what the – kind of I think what's going to become the moral of the story on this one is you need all of them and you need the ability to send out notifications across all of them or multiple channels, right? Omni-channel strategy, I think, of notifications. But the next level, I think, is web-based notifications. So this is what I've seen a lot of apps do. Like a lot of these platforms are web-based, right? Makes sense. They don't have to develop an actual native iOS or Android app, right? They don't have to worry about that that expense. So they're like, oh, we're just going to do web-based. And, you know, I I think that I liked web-based more on Android. But now that I'm getting better apps on iOS, I'm like, I crave a really good iOS app, right? And so web-based basically is, for example... If you're listening to this podcast, you've probably been on the Endless website before. And if you go to the website, it will pop up and say, hey, do you want to subscribe? Not the, like, put your email in, but it'll say, hey, do you want to get notifications about when we publish posts? Um, You click on that, and then, you know, Chrome or Safari or Firefox says, hey, do you want to subscribe and get notifications from this website, right? We've all had before you hit allow, and then boom, now you can get these, like, kind of bottom right corner browser-based notifications. And if you do it on your phone, it pops up as like a notification, but it's always in the browser and it takes you back to the browser website. Incredibly cheap, easy to do. In fact, we use a software called OneSignal that does this and it's literally we plug our RSS feed, which is like the blog feed into it and it just pushes out the notification really easy to anyone who wants it. So again, and one reason why I did this too is Omnichannel. Now I'm thinking back on it. You're actually helping me figure out this problem <laughs> on my own. So thank you, Brent. Um, and so that you have this option to do these web-based notifications um, on here. But the thing to keep in mind is that it's going to drag them back to a website versus a native push notification, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, in just a couple seconds. Do you have any, like, pros or cons on the push notification from the website sort of thing? Yeah, I'm going to be Mr. continue to be Mr. Caveat. <laughs> 
today um, <laughs> and and say, so when I first saw that like Chrome uh, and then everyone else followed shortly thereafter uh, would enable these web notifications, I think I even had a blog post about this that like, this is it. This is what's going to make web apps on equal ground with native apps. Like this oh, is going to yeah, be yeah, the yeah, thing. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have, you know, all of these event apps that are web-based are going to be able to send notifications finally. Again, that table stakes right. of like being able to do that. And I think every single time I've ever been asked, would you like to subscribe to this website? I've always hit no. Deny. I was like, every time. <laughs> I don't think – I can't think of a single one where I said, wow, yeah. even, as much as I you know, read a lot of endless content and stuff like that, yeah, I, don't, you know, I see it on social media. You know, I, don't, I don't subscribe. I don't think I've ever hit subscribe on one of those, oh, those notifications. Uh, and whenever it says, would you like to allow notifications from this website, I've never hit yes. So that's my I caveat. Is I was as excited as anybody about this technology, but when it came time to put it into practice, I was just like, "Nope." <laughs> not it's not as good as a push. Yeah. Not as good as a I just push, I don't dude. want it. Um, I realized too that, and I'll agree with you on that. I'm thinking about it now, like really reflecting. I'm like, I don't think I do push notifications on a web based app at, at, for anything, um, and. Yeah, I don't think anything at all because, it, for example, like Discord. If I go on the website to do log in Discord, I probably have the app on my computer or on my phone to use it. You know, like if I really want notifications, I'll put the app on my phone. What I realized is that we kind of skipped over one because I think it's not, we basically like poo poo on web notifications real quick. So that I think we're good on that one. We can move on for that. Well, I realized we missed one, which was the social media um, notifications, right? Like actually doing the notifications, but. I think the thing you have to think about when it comes to like if you're going to notify people on Facebook, Twitter. Not everybody's on every platform. Um, sometimes the algorithms won't show you all. In front. You don't really have control over the, the notification that someone's getting to. So just a caveat that you can use these things to communicate with people, but delays, not full control, all those things like that. I think that we might talk about on previous – There are additional channels. There are things. additional ways yeah. of getting a hold of your people. Like you probably wouldn't send a notification out that there's an active shooter on your – You maybe you all do to let like everybody know just as a thing. But that's not like the most thing you're just going to try to reach people by phone, text, push notifications, right? Like those sort of things on there too. Yeah, we didn't – and again, um, you, didn't, you didn't just pull that out of nowhere. That was in the 42 chat episode where we, they had mm -hmm. an active shooter situation. And because that app well, communicates right. yeah, yeah, directly yeah. through SMS, there, there really isn't an app for the, for the bots. Um, that's how they notified people was through text, and it's a very effective way for those types of e those types of situations. Which is again why you shouldn't abuse it. That that you know yes. that the ability to send SMS notifications should be used sparingly and uh, effectively. So it shouldn't be. I'm th I'm thinking of some of like when I've been annoyed on site by notifications, <laughs> and it's usually like you know don't forget to stop by booth thirteen oh eight for a drawing. You know, <laughs> you know like. Yeah, okay, one, I'm in the general session right now, so I don't need, you know, don't, you know, be, totally. don't be doing that. Anyway. Yeah, and we'll definitely, I think, we'll let's get to some ideas on how you can use it, and we'll put some best practices for those two, but definitely sponsored push notifications is a benefit of notifications. So let's talk about push one last uh, little bit, and then we'll go into uh, best uses and then, or be best practices, like not annoying people, things like that. So, um, so I feel like push notifications, though, for a native app, feels like so this is my kind of my argument and what i've been thinking about these last like week or so it's like 
push notifications is like the godsend, right? You get not only the ability for if you, especially if it's an app that is branded as you, you get your logo right next to it. It says the name of the app, which might be the name of your event, right? It's very crystal clear. It's coming to you. What I like about it is that you get, you know, the ability to put text in it. So then that way they can look at it real quick. They can swipe it away if they don't want to, which doesn't like sometimes on email, you know, got to get into email, then look at the subject line. Subject line is a little bit smaller than push notification. But then I think about like too, like the rich experience that you can get when you tap that push notification. So I'm thinking like if the platform is your sole place that you go to, to get, to watch all the content, to interact with everybody and everything like that too, it allows you to then when someone clicks on it, to take them directly to that part of the app that they're going to be utilizing. So for example, I think the thing that I'm thinking most about is that I, I logged into an event app that I was like, just kind of looking, browsing around and I realized I had like five messages from the last event that was like a year ago from people that were like asking me questions, or whatever it is. And I was like, yep, these are they're gone. They're long gone. They're not even going to answer me if I try to reply to them, right? Because they're going to do the same thing I did on my end. And I think that, you know, that I probably got an email notification about it. And I just find that if I had gone to push notification, I would have seen, I have a message, kind of like when I get a LinkedIn message or a, you know, an SMS or something like that, I'll click on it and it takes me right to where I can reply and see the message. And I like that experience. If there's a webinar and you're saying, Hey, there's a webinar. I want to like, Hey, webinar starts in five minutes. And I'm like, Oh, this sounds like a really great topic. I have five minutes right now or like 20 minutes to pop in, click on it and boom, I can immediately start watching. I love that experience versus like the, oh, hey, pull me into a web app. Chances are my cookies have been cleared since then, so I have to re-log in and everything like that. Like push just feels like the <laughs> the, 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 the creme the, de la creme and what's possible. Resistance. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And granted, I know to, I manage my notifications really, really well. So like if, it, if I was your daughter, I would never have seen that notification unless I was watching it right then and there, you know, but it's, I just think about like, you know, for most people, if they get a push notification, they usually are, are aware of it, of what's going on. Like, what are your what are your thoughts on that? I mean, we've drifted a bit into best practices, which is fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, I agree. I think that's the sweet spot. Um, the, the way that then you combat the me's of the world, the ones that, that manage their push notifications, is you have to make it worth my while. Like make it worth my while to keep this turned on and, mm-hmm. and to not mute those notifications and to let you be not only in my phone, but in my watch and, you know, all, you know, make it worth my while. That's, you know, that goes back to knowing the stakeholders and all of that, but, you know, really make it, uh, I think that's the easiest way to say it is to make it worth my while, make it, make it, you know, mm-hmm. and that's when, when we've talked about in the past about building communities of, uh, getting people involved early and making it so that when people show up onto the platform, there's already people there. There's already conversations going on. Make me want to subscribe. Make me want to be notified. Like this is so good. I need to keep these notifications on so that I don't miss a thing. But as soon as it starts to feel spammy or, uh, you know, a, like just kind of a waste of my time or, you know, it's a, there's a 15-minute notification and then a 10 minute notification and then a five Mm -hmm. minute notification. And then there's a, you know, don't forget to stop by booth 3650 notification. Like, and I'm out. 
You know, that's that's the totally. fastest way. And to your point on Android, it was it, it was a matter of just like long pressing on the on notification and being like, no more of those, which you can't, yeah, you, yeah, you never can't quite do. Yeah, you can't quite do on, on, on iOS yet. And I do miss that as well. Um, or even just to be able to know which which app it came from. They added that functionality mm-hmm. as well in Android. Um, so I think so as yeah, as we start to talk about best practices, it really is a delicate balance. It really is a matter of understanding what's going to be too much, understanding what's going to be spammy versus really useful to your, um, uh, you know, to your community, you know, that where, and we've talked about this in the past in the community, like, it's like, it's okay to sell stuff. Like, it's okay to be like, hey, good news, I've got this special discount, as long as it's something that your community is truly going to be like, oh, hell yeah, I got to get in on that, as opposed to feeling sold to. (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of like uh, it reminds me of like MassDrop. MassDrop is this like a technology site that kind of spawned this idea of like a lot of companies will come out with like a product and only make a hundred of them, and then you got to get in on the drop. I think it became very popular in fast fashion and fashion uh, the world too. But the idea is like they basically sell like a hundred products. And what's funny is you like you hear these YouTubers be like, "Oh yeah, and this headphone drop's gonna be coming soon," and, you know, and it'd be like the equivalent of like someone be like. Oh, yeah, and you know, the iPhone, it's coming for sale tomorrow. Do you want to go check it out? And most people be like, I don't care. If I want the iPhone, I got an iPhone. But, like, these people, like, love getting notified that there's a drop coming and what it, the product is and everything like that. So I, I think you bring up this, like, incredibly perfect analogy that is to, to base everybody's strategy around their communications, which is add value first. That's the one thing that's never going to go out of style, whether it's SMS, email, Telegram push notifications, whether you decide that you want to put an image on, whatever it is, if you're adding value, it's never going to go out of style. People are going to love it. They're going to want more of it and they'll keep finding ways to get it right. But the second that you stop adding value, you start pushing your agenda or pushing what you want and it's not adding value. People will say, nope, they'll ignore it. They'll just let the notification slide by. They'll put it in a spam filter, whatever it may be on there too. And so I think if you constantly are adding value, that can be huge. And I think that when it comes to things like, for example, reminders and things like that, sometimes, yes, you have to send out these reminders. Hopefully it's a reminder, something they find valuable, but see if you can find a way to sneak value into every action that you do. If you're, if you're, for example, doing a 10 minute um, reminder, make it valuable to be like, oh, 10 minutes uh, reminder. Just so you know, it takes 10 minutes to get from the coffee station to the general session. Oh man, that's really helpful. I'll know I need, I need to leave now. Right. Versus just be like 10 minute reminder. Oh, great. Okay, cool. I got it. Like go. <laughs> so I think that's one, like, I think that's what you just brought up. Like that's such perfect point. I just wanted to like, just drive that one home on the value side of things. Yarp. It's, 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 it's all, I mean, it's so funny. It's, it shouldn't be, but it is to me just how often things come back to the basics and we get, you know, you and I are both very techie. We, we, we love our toys you know, it's it's great fun to to get exposed to new things and new technologies. Um, I, I'm really lucky again this year to be uh, judging on the Eventex uh, uh, Global Awards I panel. I think I can't remember. Were you? Uh, I probably uh, am. I, 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 everything's in a calendar it's, and a to do list it's, for it's, Will. <laughs> it's sitting in your email box from two weeks ago. Uh, exactly. It got filtered out. Um, so, so yeah, I couldn't remember if you were on, but, but I, you know, and so where I'm going with all of that is I love the toy box. I love seeing new nice. stuff. I love seeing all of the possibilities out there, but so often it just comes back to fundamental design principles, 
of knowing the stakeholders and knowing what works for your people as opposed to worrying about what the hottest, newest, coolest, craziest thing is. It's fun to know those things because that might align with your people. It might solve a problem that you've been thinking, how do I fix this for years? And suddenly the tech comes around the corner and you're like, ah, there it is. <laughs> Figured it out. Push <laughs> notification. It's done. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. So so just, you know, go back to the fundamentals and, and, and figure out what it is you're trying to do, what it is, what problems you're trying to solve, and then back your way into which channels, which notification channels are going to work for you. I love it. I love it. So if we got like rapid fire last couple of minutes, I was thinking maybe just brainstorm on ideas for how notifications can be used um, to let everybody know about their events. So um, I, th I think we can quick fire through some of the basic stuff that we know that it's obvious, right? On sales for tickets, um, notifications about when you can purchase your hotel, right? Like, like almost logistical related notifications. Um, I think, uh, message getting mess whenever you get messaged from another attendee, um, is an idea. Uh, you talked about reminders, kind of the bell ringing, Hey, this session's about to start or, uh, Hey, go check out this session sort of notification. What sort of other ideas do you have for round notification? You know, you, you kind of touched on it before and I, I, being able to, you know, those, those little subtle ad values of like the, you know, it takes 10 minutes to get from here to there, looking for opportunities to build in reasons to share that information. So for the folks Ooh. that don't get the notification, you know, almost like you're in the know, like, so like, you know, the people yeah. that do get the notification, get a little extra value and things like that. And like, oh, oh, you, oh, yeah, you got to subscribe because they told me X, Y, and Z, or they told me how to meet the speaker afterward, and they didn't push that out on any other channel. So building those little mm -hmm. secrets in there too, to make it almost nice. viral of, of like, Ooh. you know, being able to get the attendees to do your, to do your work, to do your heavy lifting nice. and yeah. get them to share the stuff. And that's kind of, again, going back to that idea of getting influencers on the platform early, uh, to be able to get things moving. And, uh, so that's, that's, yeah, that's, I kind of like that idea of being able to get them to share totally. stuff. Um, I'll add in uh, like location-based networking, right? So it depends on the platform, obviously, but in a lot of these apps now will tell you when you're nearby people that you should meet. Um, potentially also same thing with sessions, right? Like, um, hey, just so you know, this session that you wanted to get into that's full is now got an extra spot. Come on by. Or, hey, um, you know, we, we've added another session when it comes to this. But again, like making sure that nowadays we have so much ability for tags and information, like utilize that data and pick a platform that's going to help curate it in the right way especially if your conference is big if you're talking like you have 12 total sessions or you know uh, 12 sessions a day or something like that you might not need curation necessarily but you know when you're talking these like some of these conferences I, hundreds of sessions are going on like more curation the better for sure i saw a feature um, the other day um and it piles into this notification idea that was it was basically what it was something to the effect of like uh radar they called it like radar or something like that and so the people mm. you'd already connected with on the app so i you've made a conscious it's an opt-in right so it's not just getting anybody so the people that you've already connected with on the app if they were within 50 feet of you it would send you a notification to just be like hey cool. just so you know will's you know 50 feet away from you right now if you guys want to hook up and chat 
kind of thing. So I thought that so was cool. an interesting little, you know, and it was opt in, so you could turn it on or turn it off. But like, you know, sometimes you don't know. Maybe that person that you know, where we we have all the same uh, backgrounds and alignments, and we wind up in the same breakout session, but you've never met in person before, would be kind of nice yeah. to be notified. That's hella cool. Well, and also like it plays back to our original idea of picking channels. Like email, I'd been too late for me to know if they did that right. email, but you need that push. But I'm also thinking too, like you mentioned, actually you briefly mentioned this, but I never thought about this. Like we all have Apple watches, right? Like I kind of now, like now I have one, I look all the time to see who has it. And almost everybody has Apple watches for the most part, right? Or everybody has, a lot of people do, way more than Android watches, that's for sure. But you have this potential if you have a push notification native on the app too, that you can put that notification to the, the, to the watch. And imagine like, you know, I think we did it. We did an episode a long time ago on wearables. Do you remember that? Like maybe three, four years ago. And we talked about like, oh, maybe the future is that people won't need wearables because we'll just have Apple watches. But like because our phones have Bluetooth and literally you have the ability to push notifications, like you almost everybody has a wearable in a date, like a, a, a low, Bluetooth low energy like tracking system in them now that like, yeah, it'd be great if I got buzzed on my watch and I – and I'm not an iOS developer, so I don't know how this is possible, but you know how you can sometimes get multiple like vibrations for different notifications? I remember Android, you could customize right. it. Man, it would be so cool to make it like just do a constant like, buzz, like that you're getting close to Closer, someone that you know. So I look closer, down at it. Closer. Yeah, exactly. Warmer, exactly. Something like warmer, that, right? Colder. Right. Colder. <laughs> I think that would be like super duper cool to be able to do to encourage that networking. So let me throw out another couple ideas. So we talked about sponsored push notifications too. Totally okay. Make sure it's valuable, right? Um, I think then also when it comes to it, uh, so this is one thing I was thinking about too is like as we're going to these communities too and people are moving off of social media, people are going to want the ability to do posts, right? To post links, to post um, pictures or post questions and things like that. And I'm not talking about like within a session, right? Like that's a chat, polling, you know, all those things like that. You might not be notifying people if they're actively engaged in the actual session for that. But I'm thinking like a couple days after the conference, I want to say, hey, does anybody know, uh, you know, a translation service? I just looked over a word, a word on my screen. So does anybody know a translation service for this, right? I might want to be notified uh, or notify people that are in the platform too that I'm posting this stuff, right? And Facebook groups has some good stuff where you can do like only show my friends, show everything, show me, notify me on nothing. Um, I think we need that sort of notification too for these like niche conversations, but I'll take it even further. I start to think about this like at Reddit where, you know, like if like I'm, a lot of times when I'm asking questions, I hardly ever post to like my main Facebook or LinkedIn feed, right? Because like I have 20,000 connections, they're all spread across. But like, if I'm like, oh, you know what? I need to get an answer on how far up can I fly my drone? Right, I'm like, I might be like, I'm gonna go find the drone group. So I think these community platforms also need the ability to have these segmented conversation areas, uh, in rooms almost, or you know, basically going back to forums and from all our nine our nineties people, and being able to then get notifications in the ones that I want. So for example, in Reddit, I can say like, oh, notify me every post that happens in GPU mining subreddit. But I might be like, you know what? In the movies chat, there's way too many posts. I don't want to get that many. So I think that that's also an area to think about when it comes to notifications. How can I get notified of different subtopics and conversations happening across the platform in the areas that I care about most? Giving the attendee choice is huge. Like like starting kind of maybe right down the middle and then but but also making them aware, hey, just so you know, you can throttle these up or down, I think is a great oh, idea. Yes. Like almost like Slack, where like you can say, oh, only yeah. hit me when I'm at notified. Um mm -hmm. or, you know, so if, if in the context of a conference, it could be like a direct message, 
um, a connection request or um, emergency notifications. You know, and then the other yes. then the other options would be like you know notifications about sessions, special events, market, you know, okay. special deals. You know, so if you're into that stuff. You can opt in and say yes, yes, yes. I want everything, and maybe then again look for those opportunities to mm-hmm. to make add value to make people want to get into those channels of like, oh, I didn't know that that was what. Where did you get that squishy ball? That's the coolest squishy ball of all time. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you totally. had to be in the marketing section and and agree to agree to that kind of thing. And then I I think a good really powerful notification would be the you're finishing up a session or something like that. Hey, tickets are on sale for next year. Make it like one press. It pops up. It it knows what you purchased last time, maybe, and auto adds it to your cart. And give me an Apple Pay button, and make it so like I literally can just buy it right now, or it has my credit card information for my last purchase, right? Uh, and again, like it depends on the platform and what technologies you're all using, but like, like make it so I literally, if I'm having enjoying this so much and I'm in my peak happiness, make it so literally I can commit like that, like. I think that would be a, a very clutch notification to be able to do. The and and to bring kind of full circle back to email, one of the greatest uses of email notifications that I saw was post event, and that was um, basically a trip report. So like, here's all the sessions you went to. Oh yeah. Um, here's the speakers, you know, contact information for each one of those sessions. Here's the people you connected with in the app and here's their contact information. And, and this is where you start to have like value add for your exhibitors and things like that. Here's the sessions and exhibitors you didn't go to, but are related to the things that you did go to. And then that's a sale possibly to your exhibitors and your sponsors as well. Would you like to be featured in that report? But giving, uh, using the analytics of the event to benefit the attendee in that way of like, you know, not just I've been tracked for tracking sake, but I get a benefit of it too. Cause you forget like, Oh wait, what was that session that I went to? The guy was cool. It was a will something <laughs> or other and totally. a Fred Krueger, you know, I mean, and so <laughs> then you just search your email box and you find that email and there it is with all of that information. So, yeah, using oh, using that kind fire. of trip report idea, that follow up after the event, as well as, like you said, the and oh, by the way, so here's all the amazing things you did this week. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. here's a here's a link to buy for next year at a 10 percent <laughs> discount or something along so those lines. Nice. You know, I'm, I think I might have to create like a will drinking game because I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm coming I'm, – I'm, I circle back sometimes too. Like, So Peloton, right? Like I love my Peloton. I think it, I just – you sparked exactly what a part of it that I love, which is you get done with a ride and it does a couple different things for you. First of all, when you immediately end a ride, it says, oh, and by the way, like you just finished a 30-minute ride. Here's a five-minute cool-down ride or a 10-minute post-ride stretch. Would you like to do those right now? And you can literally hit go and just move right into it, right? Um, or, you know, if I built out a stack, which is like my schedule, it'll be like, hey, you can go to the next one. But one thing I think that makes it so dopamine rushing is they do post literally like a post trip, a post ride report. And it says, here's your heart rate. Here's how fast you went. And what's cool is it shows the picture of the instructor and the name of the ride. Um, and I think that's so helpful because now I can like be like, yep, I remember the name of the ride and everything like that. But I've had a couple of times where I, where friends have been like, hey, what's a really good ride I should do today? And 
you know, I am always able to recall from a list of three to four activities I'm doing a day on the Peloton to find the one that I'm like, yeah, here you go, here you go, share on there. And it reminds me of that, that post-ride trip report. But also one cool thing I do, and this starts getting into marketing a little bit, is that I can take that post-ride thing and post it to Instagram stories. I can share it in an Instagram message with my, all my stats. And what it does is it makes this point where, like, I want to either my other Peloton friends say, hey, check out this ride, or hey, I hit my PR. But also, too, to my non-Peloton friends, that's like your word of mouth marketing basically then at that point too so you know those post like event reports huge and i was thinking about it too post session surveys right we always want to get feedback we want that burning constant feedback that we're getting something peloton does that's incredible is as soon as you get done with the ride it literally pops up and says thumbs up thumbs down what did you think of the class how difficult was it and then if you're on the bike um they give you a couple other things like how good was the music the instructor and things like that but like it's literally five tabs for me to give them so much data on what i thought about it and everything like that we as planners need to start doing that because we need to be getting constant feedback not just the nps survey at the end or the hey here's a 12, 10 questions thing we need to get but like getting people to fill out those scorecards really really easily like my hope is that maybe in the future everybody has their apps always open up on their screen and it's a constant screen sort of thing kind of like when we're on a workout and we're watching the person work out but instead we we have the chat we have that open and then when the session gets done the screen's already on we look down and boom the screen takes over with the survey and you hit and do it, and then it takes you back to the chat. Like, I, th- oh. I think we might have a topic. What Ooh. event planners can learn from Peloton. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I was, actually, I'm thinking about working on like a webinar, I think, in the, in the future where I'm going to be like, yeah, I, I, mine was going to be about like hybrid event design around Peloton. But like I can talk about this company so freaking we much. Might, we might have to, we might have to make that so go. I, you know, I, so, I, I don't advertise it as, as much as other people, but I also am a Peloton user. No way! I've known you for so long. Like, how long have you had a Peloton for? A couple years. Longer than me, <laughs> What the F? <laughs> right, right, be- right before lockdown. Right you. before lockdown. Oh, oh, no way. Yeah, I got mine probably – I think I got mine two years ago yeah. now at this point in March. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's nuts. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Okay, well, we'll talk about that there offline. But Pel- Peloton topic coming soon. Okay, push notifications, though. Anything else that uh, we need to make sure that people are thinking about? I think about we're good. And so, as so often, it comes down to knowing your stakeholders and don't be a jerk. <laughs> it's so true it's so true and and don't use technology as the only solution right like so don't like but like if you can't get people to walk into your general session and they're taking forever p- more push notifications is not the answer you guys like i think the simplest answer to getting people to go into sessions take the little chime and do the chime <laughs> thing and make awkward stares oh, right make it <laughs> i was gonna say it earlier but since you brought it up and i was like nah it's not related but you, you kind of brought it up <laughs> So, so I've mentioned this before. My wife is actually doing events now. So like after 20 mm-hmm. years, she's now worked her way into the events industry. And one day she asked me, how do I get people to go back into the room? And I was just like, you can do the chimes. You can do the blinky lights. You can do all that kind of stuff. But the best way to make people go back into the room is to always start on time. Yes. Always That's start true. on time. And, and make it valuable. Yeah. Right. If it, well, they don't want to move in the room, it's because it's not. Yeah. Well, well, I guess it depends on what the meeting right. is for. So, sorry to everyone who has those like really important meetings or like we just need them to come in here and hear this information for our employees. But but yeah, like, so never mind. Yeah. So sorry. No, sorry yeah. It's, it's, so yeah, and I apologize for, for, for taking us down a rat hole. But it's it's true. You're 100 percent right to bring it back to notifications. You're 100 percent right. Sending more notifications doesn't make it go. And and that's that's, that's never true. that's never 
going to work for whatever it is, whatever it is that you're trying to do. <laughs> just sending more notifications isn't going to make people change what how they are and what they do. So it comes back to design and and what your event is all about. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Well, this is a really cool topic. We went for a while on this one, but I think it's because it's so important. It's such a key part of these communication parts. Like, right, like essentially, it's like probably one half of the platform is like, how do I get people to come back into the platform? How do I get people to be in the right places? How do I communicate the information I need with these people? Um, and yeah, and I think, um, yeah, I you're hundred percent. I think the the creme de la creme when it comes to the 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 point to take away is make it valuable. Know your stakeholders when it comes to this, and I think that you no matter what way you do it, it can be fantastic. Um, and if I have to pick one, another thing I think to take away is that um, yeah, like don't don't use technology just to solve non technology problems again. Uh, I feel like that's the theme of our podcast. <laughs> it's okay for us to be consistent. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, Brand, this has been an incredible episode. So great to talk with As you. As always. Um, and yeah, I think uh, I think we'll be good. So so everyone who's listening, stay tuned to your notifications. <laughs> like and subscribe. Check your emails, like and subscribe, all those fun things. But no, but um, thank you everyone for listening um, as well. We hope you like this topic. Um, feel free to shoot us an email. Let us know what you think. Event Tech Podcast at HelloEndless.com best place to reach from us reach us and um notify us that you're listening as well and send us your questions and we want to know what you think what does your notifications look like what do you like to see shoot us an email but i think that'll do it for this week's episode we read yeah. every email we do read every email that's one notification that's like it goes to my our slack channel and we read every single one now the don't, i was gonna say like, don't spam us we. don't spam us please <laughs> please don't spam us. oh yeah we spent we I, we mark a lot of emails as spam by the way so don't try it <laughs> we'll, we'll just blacklist you <laughs> all right y'all i hope y'all have a fantastic day we'll notify you next time this has been the event tech podcast event out. tech out. <laughs> thanks again for listening to the event tech podcast be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or let us know about some event tech we need to talk about. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.